Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. been a lot of interest in the gold country. I want a checking purpose for football all the time. And providing you had a kick up in that quarter, we had a real chance of winning it in that quarter. Now we're going to have back against the wall we're going to fight. That's great, and your fans will love to. It's pretty sure that was around 17 we just saw on the weekend. Um, I couldn't tell the difference between 15 and 16 last week, but 17, I got it right this time. Yeah, I'm quietly confident. Quietly confident. Um, look, first game of the weekend, Friday night, Carlton versus Hawthorne. I don't think we need to say any more about it, really. No, the winner of that was Real Madrid. Yeah, um, I even switched over to the soccer for five minutes, and that was boring as piss too. But look, it was you know uh, a team in hot form against a team that couldn't do much about it. Um, uh, a team that had struggled to beat Box Hill Hawks, let alone Hawthorne Hawks. Yeah, I don't think you need to say any more about 138 flogging. No, so, uh, they got spanked, and uh, unfortunately, they might play them another Friday night <laughs> later on in the year. Oh, yeah, it won't be a Friday night game, surely. Oh, I fucking hope not. Um, so we'll move straight on to Geelong and the Giants. Um, look, I think the biggest thing to come out of this game was it was a sellout crowd in Canberra. Yes. That's it was massive news. I think it was only 15,000, but you, you can only fill the stadium you've got. You can only fill the stadium you've got. Exactly right. Um, it's something that should be celebrated. And I'll tell you what, the people that turned up early to see the first bounce, they didn't go home disappointed because that goal in the first minute, Oh, over the head? Over the shoulder. With, with, uh, was it Green? Toby Green? Yeah, yeah. A brilliant goal. He's two on one, grabbed the ball just easy as you like, straight out of the top, middle yeah. of his own head, off the side of the boot to get through the middle. And he had no doubt. He knew exactly what he was doing. No, he's, he's practiced that at training. No he's doubt. He's probably, probably had to do push-ups for missing a few of them, but he's, he's he, practiced it and he's pulled it out. He's, he's probably won a slab somewhere. No looking for the pass. I mean, <laughs> it was already centred, so where else is he going to go? You know, they say that um, players are being silly when they go for the kicks around the corner when they're dead in front. He didn't go around the corner. He went straight over the median strip. And it was a drop punt too, so, uh, you know, Dunstall can't be too upset. Just a drop punt over the back of his head. Got to do what you got to do. Um, look, the depleted back line of the Giants let uh, big Tommy Hawkins dominate. Um, he's kicked five goals, and he's only had ten kicks for the day. That's not a bad effort, but look, there was always going to be a struggle for the Giants um, with uh, the team they've got and Geelong with Selwood back but it was a game that never really got to much heights in, in terms of skill um, and you know 15 mm. goals kicked for the entire day it's not a not a big big score and 21 points yeah Geelong was just yeah I don't know if they were toying it around but it, it was uh, a little bit too easy at times uh, which would be disappointing for GWS but in this game though I actually found GWS more impressive than Geelong because GWS have got so many more um, issues. They're not playing for this season, obviously. They're playing for three seasons' time. Yeah, but I mean, this was one of the. This loss dropped them out of the um, top eight. And um, they kicked 30 goals in the reserves, in the NEFL, because they had Patton coming back. They had Big Stewart down there as well. And Cam McCarthy got dropped for this game. 
I think that's a bit wrong. Like, Cam McCarthy... <laughs> no, McCarthy should be in this side. Um, okay, he's had a quiet month, but fuck it. He's a young player. He's going to have quiet months. He's got to work through them. Do you reckon uh, they'll give Pat a Guernsey next week? No. Nah, he, he needs a couple more. Um, I, I don't know if he's playing full four quarters yet. Um, he's good enough, but he's too much of a long-term prospect to rush him back into the side. Yeah, especially when you're not... Like, if they don't make the eight, who cares? Yeah, it would have been good for them to make the eight. And, you know, they still could. But um, with this pattern, it just I, I'd like to see him have a month. Um, mm. And I think this is his second game back. But Cam McCarthy should have never been dropped. They needed another option up forward. Um, and he, he's it. Even if he's had a quiet month, let him work through it. Um, it, it also releases Jeremy Cameron um, because w- without that second target up forward, the Geelong experienced back line can just, okay, you got Cameron, I got Cameron, I got the space, we're laughing. Um, with McCarthy up there, at least somebody's got to go, all right, who's on him? I'll, I'll get him. Even if he kicks nothing, it still takes a defender away, mm. more so than any of the other options they had. I'll tell you who did impress me too was Trelaw. Um, he's uncontracted. He's the last uncontracted of their midfield. The um, last one that they want to keep. Yeah, and I'm, I'm being told he's coming to North, so that's good. Yeah, I'm being told he's going to Collingwood. I've been told he's going to Geelong. Well, in Port, fairness, Brisbane. Yeah, anyone else? In fairness, my information comes from wishful, wishful thinking. So, you know, I think nowadays you link every player with Collingwood because they're rich, and then you bump up your price. <laughs> but uh, you know, that's fair enough to it's easy enough to do. But uh, I tell you what, no matter where Trelaw goes. They're going to like him. Oh, There's a lot to like player. about him. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. Um, but Even if he ends up staying, he'd probably be pretty happy. But look, that, uh, Like we said, that tips uh, the Giants just out of the eight. And it's been a long time since they've been out of the eight. But um, mm. it, it was a little bit disappointing for them. And uh, so, uh, Geelong, uh, well, they got the win, but it wasn't the most convincing manner. Yeah, um, the, they got bigger fish, fish to fry. Yeah, the Giants are only out of the eight on percentage too. Yeah, of, of course. Um, something that uh, Geelong doesn't really have to worry about except with the Crows. Mm. Um, but they'll have a, a percentage booster against Brisbane next week. So, oh, fuck. We'll, we'll talk about them later, but geez, talk about struggle. Uh, we'll go over to Adelaide Oval where uh, Adelaide took on uh, Gold Coast Suns. Um, the big story coming out of it was, of course, Gary Ablett's done his knee and he's finished for the season. Mm. Um, not like the Suns had much of a season to begin with, but... Uh, he did provide a ray of hope and made Geelong wor- uh, sorry made the Suns worth watching. Yeah, since he came back, he was a reason to turn up to the match because uh, when he came back, you knew that you weren't seeing the Gary Ablett of Brownlow Medal years, but you were seeing a player who's still a phenomenal skill. He's Easy. still better than just about anyone else on the field at the moment, except for a handful of people. In, in the two games that he did play, geez, he was unbelievably good, though. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, as good as any of his Brownlow medal years. Um, it's just a shame that the medal's probably over already, but um, he showed that he's still got it. And what I think he's 32 or 33, something like that. Um, he's already signed on for next year, and I reckon he's got a couple more in him. He's still top three in the league um, when oh, he's on. Easy, and... Even if he's not top three, if he's top ten, he's still worth having around. I mean, you talk about uh, skillful players. He wrote the book, and he is in the discussion for greatest of all time. Yeah, uh, he's got my vote, um, quite quite simply. Um, but this was a, a really decent game. Uh, I thought that the Suns might get overwhelmed, uh, especially after Ablett goes down. But th- they hung in there um, for a while until the Crows finally kicked away. Uh, but the, the other big... Th- no, I... Actually, two good things for the Suns was the return of Harvey Benell. 
Um, he's had mm. nearly 40 touches in his first game back in the big leagues after being stood down for taking some drugs two years ago, which is, I thought was a bit puzzling. I, mean, I, yeah. no, I understand it, really. Um, it wasn't punishment for him. It was more, let's just protect him a, a little bit from the media spotlight. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I do think um, Ede had his um, player welfare yep. at the forefront of his mind yeah. for that distance. Did you see the interview he did uh, during the week? I didn't, actually. Um, it was really good. Um, it looked genuine. It looked like he had remorse, and he said it was a one-time thing. And look, you can only take him on his word, um, but uh, the best thing he could do is come out and play a really good game, and that's what he did. I'll tell you what, if you're going to start having a crack at a young lad taking cocaine, it, it's funny that he had a, a media press conference about it. Because I reckon if you lined up the team and the media, which which group has the most cocaine users? Yeah, um, but there's not many people running around with the media's numbers on their back. No, that's true. Um, and the other good thing for the Giants was, uh, I thought Tommy Lynch played a great game. Not only did he kick four goals, he did a lot of running and chasing as well. Um, and, and took some powerful marks. He took some really contested marks, um, uh, even from opposition kicks. I thought he was, uh, uh, showed that he's going to be one of their marquee players um, in the years ahead. But uh, for the victors, uh, what did you see? Oh, Adelaide just finding ways forward. Uh, you know, if, if Walker's busy, Jenkins is there. And if ball goes to ground, Betts is there. Uh, Cameron, he's been an emerging talent. Kick, kick some nice goals, Cameron. They were very efficient with the kicks as well. Um, you know, you've got, uh, I think it was only Jenkins that kicked more points than goals out of the goal kickers. 19-11, that's a great score. Bloody oath. And, and even 12-8 for um, uh, Gold Coast. That's not a bad effort at all. Yeah, Richmond would have loved that conversion. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, but look, I mean, Adelaide uh, dominated a, a lot of the um, key stats. Um, and when you're getting 20 more inside 50s than uh, the other team, you, you're going to do all right. But it did take them mm. until the final quarter. Um, to run away with it, um, which I thought was decent from the Suns, but you know, without Gary, they're going str- always going to struggle. Yeah, um, you kind of want them to move beyond that, though. You don't want to have Suns with and without Gary. You want Gary to be the yeah. extra ten percent, not Gary to be the ninety percent. Yeah. yeah, and at the moment, that's their game plan. They're what does Gary want to do? And look, you got the best player in the, in the league. You can have that as a uh, a base, but um, you know they, they just haven't developed as far as GWS have. Um, On to one of the uh, highly contested and very watchable games, if not highly skillful games, Mm. in uh, Richmond versus Frio, and one of the great finishes. Um, Basher Hawley's not going to live it down, unfortunately. That one decision. Oh, fuck me. And and look, there is pressure in football, absolutely, on the full back kick out, but if you're under pressure, go with what you know. And I'm not saying I could have done a better job, but uh, actually, no, fuck it. I could have done a better, done a better job because I would have kicked I it somewhere else. I would have kicked it probably on the boundary line. And look, even if I give it across to a mark, fuck it, he's still going to have a snapshot from bloody 35 out on an acute angle rather than dead in fucking front. But uh, you could, a beautiful camera view behind him as well. And you can see what his thinking was and still go, mm. nah, not that one. Uh, yeah. But look, 39 seconds they had. Uh, left on the clock, up by, what, four points? I think it was a couple points. Uh, up by two points, yeah, they won by four. Um, and uh, you reckon he wouldn't mind having that idea again? But you see Chapman, too, on the mark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's his 200th game, and he was not happy at all um, when the the kick came straight back. 
Um, but anyway, those things happen. Uh, besides that, I thought it was a, a great pressure effort um, all day by the Tigers. They just couldn't convert in front of goal. That's where it was really lost, not oh, just on the one kick. Absolutely. And a look, lot of easy shots missed. Tigers definitely had this as a, a winnable game for every second of the match. Yeah, except for the last 39 seconds. Well, even then, they would have hoped, oh, does he miss, does he miss? Fuck. Nah. And uh, when they were had that center square, you could see they, they were just hoping they could get that break. But of course, you know, they just, Lions floods everything back and brings La- it in the contest. Last time they played Frio, Dustin Martin was the difference between the two sides. Um, this time he's kicked four behinds and failed to really trouble um, on that side of it, but also gave away a dumb 50 metres penalty, which resulted in a goal early in the game. Um, it's a little bit of a shame that the, mm. the best of Dustin is still so far um, apart from the worst. We did see a lot of that this round. There was a lot of... Um, Niggles, unsociable football. Well, I was going to say umpiring howlers, but... Oh, um, fucking, we'll get on the umpiring on the next one. Yeah. But yeah, anyway... I thought this was a brilliant match to watch. Um, it was very much heart in your mouth for the whole game. Cause, felt, um, felt like finals, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, Fife wasn't as impactful as regular because he's still dealing with that uh, Sam Mitchell cor- corky. Uh, at least that's what he's blaming anyway. Yeah. Any, any excuse will do. <laughs> I think Mitchell will take that too. He'll be like, yeah, fuck you. I've kept him silent one week and the next week too. I do think it was a bit um, cheeky. Uh, to say that he was in danger of missing this week because of the corked um, thigh. Now, I know that corkies can hang around and they can be dangerous, but when you front it up the week after, it's a, a bit delayed reaction to say, I've got to miss the following week. I guess you can say you aggravated it, but look, um, players play hurt, uh, just get on with it. Um, they're still winning, so I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Yeah, look, I, I can't see Fife being held back too much by it. Um, he'll get that probably rested up they play GWS next week so you know maybe he takes that off and they view it as a should win without him um, also feel really so- sorry for Sean Hampson um, he's battled <laughs> to get his way back into the side and through injuries and a couple of suspensions he's made the absolute most of his chances and then he's landed on Sanderland's foot and rolled his ankle or, mm. or something like that so now it looks like uh, Vickery and Marrick have both had their um, suspensions and Hampson's the ones that end up injured he might not get a look in um, for the rest of the year, um, which is bloody unlucky for him, to be honest. Well, yeah, there's always that sort of thing that happens. Um, the good thing was they actually got about 40,000 to the match. In not the best of weather, but... No, it was crap weather, to be honest. It was at the G as well. and 40,000 is not bad at all. For a, a, for a, interstate? Yeah, and especially because the Richmond fans would have been kind of in two minds about going... <laughs> Knowing how... Uh, nah, they're on board. Uh, look, I think Richmond are going to do a bit of damage this final series because they're fucking unpredictable and when they're in full flight, they are fantastic. Well, it's good that you mentioned this final series because uh, this uh, if they won this game, they would have been inside the eight, uh, the, the top four. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way um, and, and that's a missed opportunity for them, um, especially when you're lining up against uh, the reigning premiers the following week. But uh, I think that they've shown... Um, they're not ones that can... They're not rollovers. They're, they're genuine contenders this mm. year. They've beaten Frio, they've beaten the Swans, and they, they've pushed Frio a second time now. So if they really want to be contenders, next week's where it's at for them. Well, yeah, and, you know, Richmond being the way they are, rabid supporters, I think if they were in the top four, they'd release a T-shirt. Oh, absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Or at yeah. least a stubby holder. Get into it. Uh, make the most of it while you can. <laughs> now, you mentioned umpires. Oh, fuck. 
the game at Etihad Stadium between Essendon and Port, for all intents and purposes, was looking like one of the games of the year. Um, there was great free-flowing footy. There was um, great skills, some fantastic uh, goals. But every fucking five seconds, the whistle's going, and all the players are looking around going, who? Which one? Me? Him? Them? Um, I thought it was actually good that the AFL came out and said, yeah, we made a bit of a blue. Um, and we were trying to instructed the umpires to look for more indiscretions um, and didn't think that when they looked for them, they'd actually call the free kicks. So, well, what the fuck are they looking for them then? Like, that's just, you, that's not the umpire's fault, it's the umpire boss's fault. Yeah, but it's like some bloke getting caught on Ashley Madison and then saying, oh, I was just looking around to see what's there. Well, that's what do, what not really acceptable either, champ. Um, so, they ruined a good game. No, they ruined a great game because this was mm. a really um, hard-fought um, game against two teams that were near each other on the ladder. Uh, it was a great contest, and they fucking ruined it. Well, what I don't like about the current approach by umpires, and look, I don't begrudge umpires. They do a hard job, and generally they do it right. I mean, when we have score reviews, how often do you see the umpire be overruled? Yep. Uh, they generally, I would say, almost always get it right. But no one turns up going, oh, the umpiring is great today, was it? No, if you don't notice it, then it's done its job. Exactly. And we've they have been be, noticing it far too much. They should be invisible. The, the game comes first. So if the umpire isn't adding to the game, that umpire should fucking shut up or fuck off. Um, and I don't... Look, I really hate it when people complain about umpires, but this wasn't favouring any one side, and it wasn't just this game. It was mm. more than one game over the weekend. Um, the, the Hawthorne-Carlton game had some absolute shockers for, in it that just, I mean... It was a boring game to begin with, but you don't need to add that to it. This was a fantastic game, and I feel like it was ruined. It should have been one of the best five games of the year, um, but it just didn't turn out that way. Um, Essendon are, I feel like they've almost put their cue in the rack for the year. Um, I think we'll find out really next week if they care at all. But, I mean, their percentage is awful. They've won five games after looking the goods at the start of the year. Um, what do you think they're doing now forward? They've got... Um, uh, what's his name? Hooker, who was uh, in line for all Australian fullback. He can't be all Australian fullback now if he spent the last month down full forward. Well, he's he's certainly not doing too bad a job there. He had a nice snap from memory. Um, he had a bit of a, a running snap, forty five degree over the shoulder. He was okay. He was good. I mean, he kicked three, but he's he's an all Australian fullback. At some stage, you got to go. You know what? We're going to trust him there. Well, maybe uh, from memory, I think he actually wanted to go forward. He's like, you know, I want a bit of a crack. And look, uh, I think Essendon are going to struggle to hold on to players given their situation on and off the field. So looking after one of your lads might be not a bad option. Well, one of the rumours is that Carlisle's looking elsewhere. Um, he And he well might be, or it might be just uh, something that his manager's leaked out. Uh, who knows these days? Mm. But um, obviously when he comes back, he's going to go up forward again, but he's got his own kicking woes. I would rather... you got got... Um, uh, John Giles just sitting in the resis doing nothing. Put him in the goal square. Well, that's been a, a big question because well, when they played North, they got fucking smashed in the ruck. Uh, McKernan just wasn't up to Goldstein standard. And Giles was sitting, he, he was recruited to bolster their ruck stocks. Because they lost Paddy Ryder. Yeah, they they need a ruckman. And he's still playing in resis. I mean, has he, did he pinch someone's misses? Did he, what, what what's happened? I got no clue. I, I mean, at least try him. Um, McKernan's given his hardest, and I, I, I don't begrudge him at all. He, he's earned a spot on the side, but not as a ruckman. Yeah, no, I've, I've come good on McKernan. I 
at the start of the season, we put uh, the heat on him and said he was probably playing for his career. And his, uh, he was one of the few who I thought in the North game actually played to the last minute. He was out there trying to get every possession. He was woefully overmatched. But uh, he never gave up. Same in this game. Oh, I thought he, he gave his all. He gave away a lot of free kicks. Um, and same against uh, in the last couple of weeks. But he's... He's, he's trying his ass off. He's four inches too short. Yeah. Um, and not strong enough either. Um, but look, you're right. At the start of the year, we said he was playing for his career. As far as I'm concerned, he's earned um, another year. Um, hopefully, he's a fully um, contracted player rather than a rookie listed. But I just think they Giving him um, winless opportunities. Well, I honestly think that um, you know, McKernan's been to a few clubs now, but if you're, a, say, even a GWS or a Gold Coast and you know the big man, you'd probably send him out. Try something. Um, but, yeah, I just I think that taking your All-Australian full back to full forward, putting an undersized Ruckman in there and having um, a, a, a genuine Ruckman running around in the resis for all season, I just... I don't know. It just doesn't look right. I think there must be more going on behind the scenes. Maybe. Maybe he's not showing enough on the track. Um, but yeah, because w- when you're in dire straits, do something. Yeah. I mean, Heard knows footy. Um, I'm not pretending I know more about AFL footy than Heard. But... I do. I know more. Yeah, I've got it covered. <laughs> but I do, I do know that if you want to play footy, you need a Ruckman. And uh, if you don't, you're going to struggle. Well, look, they've tried, they've tried it this way, and it's not working. So what should they do? Try it again? Like f- five games in a row? I don't know. Maybe you know, try the, the big fella you yeah. got uh, last year. Yeah, try him. I mean, for all that criticism, though, it was a great game. It was. It was a great game. Um, uh, it was uh, even going down to the final quarter um, when, uh, look, at the end of the day, 17-14 plays 29. Um, you can see where the game's won and lost, and mm. that's uh, in front of goals. Uh, they just didn't make the most of their opportunities, while Paddy Ryder did. Mm. It was. I did see uh, Heard came out and said he thought Ryder got lucky. Shut your mouth. That, yeah. that just looks bad. And, you know, he's probably not wrong. Right? No. He only had, what, three kicks up to half-time or three-quarter yeah. time. Um, but he's kicked three goals in the final quarter when, uh, you know, things were, um, what were they, level at th- uh, three-quarter time. So the final quarter's where the game's won and the blokes kicked three goals. You know what? You can say he's lucky all you like. Uh, he, he's, he's proved that he's a little bit of the difference in this game when it counted. Um, just go, yeah, you're right, kick four goals, good on him. I do think it was good in the first quarter. He had a nice little moment with Dyson Heppel, um, a smile and uh, ruffled his hair like a young rascalian. Um, it, it just did show that he was still, you know, obviously fond of the players and that kind of stuff. He he left not because of them, um, because of mm. you know, lots of other issues. So at the end of the day, he's still just a footy player. Yeah, and look, the game was watchable right up until the last moments, which is more than we can say for the next match, which was uh, Lions and Kangas. Uh, look, the, you'd only tune in for the first five minutes and the last five minutes in this one, and that's to see Boomer Harvey run out and see him uh, get carried off. Um, it was, oh, I don't know, it, it looked embarrassing at times. And look, North weren't at their best by any means, but Brisbane were pretty close to their worst. Um, there was intercepts, there was shocking handballs to stationary men, there was poor decisions. But the thing was, they had options. They just picked the worst possible one so often. They'd go down the wings when there was three people open screaming for it in the corridor. And I I, I don't know how you can fix that quickly. No, it, the problem is they've got a side sitting in the stands that's probably better than the one they're putting out on the field at the minute. 
True enough, but they're not playing with confidence either. Like, you get some no. blokes who are pa- playing for their careers, and they're like, well, you know, I'm going to take it on. If I fall short, fuck it, I'll, I'll play in the NTFL or... Neeful, they play Neeful. in, yeah. Um, look, and uh, what's his name? Dane Beams um, it just started to get uh, yeah. get right with the side, and then it's his shoulder... Yeah, is it? so you know, it was a late withdrawal, and he's not coming back. They reckon you left it. Well, you'd put him in for surgery, of course you would. Why wouldn't you? I mean, they're sitting eighteenth at the moment, and I can't see them moving from there. Um, percentage isn't that great either. So they've uh, oh, they haven't played Hawthorne yet either. Bloody hell! Yeah, it, it it's going to get worse before it gets better for them. Um, they had a fair bit of the ball too. For a lot of the match, they actually had more possessions than North Melbourne. Yeah, sideways and backwards. A lot of it was, yeah, um, but. Part of that was, it, it, you could almost see the tactics involved. North got a bit of a run on, and then Brisbane were like, all right, we'll just chip it around back, you know, slow the game down, catch our breath, and then they'd get intercepted and North had run on. Yeah, I mean, there's something to do there that you've got to hold it up for a little bit and, yeah, catch your breath and let younger players, you know, get back into position. But mm, Playing tempo football. Yeah, but at the end of the day, if you're going to go sideways, 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 oh, fuck it, go down the line, yeah, you may as well do it straight away. Yeah, that... There was some pretty dumb shit. Um, there was that one goal, um, we'll call it a team goal from North Melbourne, <laughs> where I think about four people, four different players fumbled it into the hands of another player. Yeah. And eventually, who was it on the goal line? Petrie. That Petrie tapped it through in the end, was it? Yeah. It, it was almost just the last clown in the line. Um, yeah, I think that, it was Zeebel coming in from the point post, decided he wanted to go around and then remembered, oh shit, my left leg's not great, and then tried to handball, and then they tried to soccer, and then it tried to kick it up, and then Petrie was like, oh, fuck it, I'll get it. I won't say it's Harlem Globetrotters, but it did look like the Washington Generals were winning. <laughs> yeah, it was just one of the... You just needed the Benny Hill track oh, in the background. Shocking. Um, but look, Boomer, um, he played uh, a fantastic game. It was good to see that uh, uh, they got a win for him because it hasn't been a good year for milestones this year. But uh, interesting... Actually, on that... I know what you're going to say, yep. <laughs> Boomer never lost a milestone game. Every 50 games, he, he's put it in. From his um, first, 50th, all the way up to the 400th. And I don't know if any of them were bigger wins than this one in, in terms of points. No. Um, but, you know, who knows? Maybe his 427th will be a win as well. Um, two goals and 27 kicks. Uh, sorry, 27 disposals. Not a bad night out for a for a 400 game. Well, the most disposals for a, a North Melbourne player. And, look, honestly, looking at the match, I thought he got votes. I thought hey, he'd sneak in for a one. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it, for somebody to get votes in their 400th game? Um, it, it's amazing and this week he goes ahead of Fletcher yeah which is uh, look I, I always wanted it to happen to be honest but I thought it was always it happened, going to happen eventually I thought it would happen probably around nine months from now yeah look I, I think Fletcher's got one or two left in him um, he's not going to retire on 400 they're going to wheel him out for a farewell match you, you need it you need to have a send off for a player of that calibre and something for Essendon to celebrate in a season that hasn't had much mm. even, um, it's, even it's round 23-24 and he's like I'm completely fucked don't matter. Put him in the, put him on the field and red vest me if you need to. Yeah, round twenty three is when they finish up. Mm. Um, so yeah, even if round twenty three is game number four hundred and one, I think that's fair enough. Absolutely, give the, against Collingwood it is too. I think in round twenty three for geez, Essendon, even better. Give him a, a send off against the enemy. And maybe, maybe even give him a win. Oh, and, and Collingwood will, um, uh, they'll do their best to make the most of the day as well. They won't. Um, uh, they'll be on board. Oh, they'll fight hard, win. but. At the end of the game, they'll honour him. But uh, going back to Harvey, though, um, 
there was a lot of talk this week about where he'll end up next year. Like if you even got a spot at North Melbourne or you could go somewhere else. <laughs> um, he, he's staying at North Melbourne and he's playing next year. Don't worry about that. He has to play next year because he's still best 22. Yeah, well, look, no other club's going to touch him. Like, oh, they take him. You? Oh, no, absolutely they take him. Hawthorne said they looked at him uh, two or three years ago and he wasn't interested in leaving. I guarantee if he went on the free agency market, he'd get a suitor. Somebody would pick him up. Probably Carlton, but um, I honestly, I I would be utterly stunned if North Melbourne didn't sign him up nah. next year. I, I can't see how it wouldn't happen. Best twenty-two. Um, he, he doesn't need to fulfil any other criteria. He, he's best twenty-two. He's best ten. Yeah, yeah, easy. Maybe even higher. And um, you know, in terms of cool under pressure midfielders at North Melbourne, there's none better. Uh, Del Santo is a brilliant uh, midfield general. Yeah. But uh, if you want a bloke that can handle pressure, the bloke that's done 400 games of it... The best the running midfielder, and, I think, by a mile. And, you know, he's got a flag. Yep, just just the one, which for the 400 club is a little bit lacking. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't had uh, the percentage of success of uh, the other 400 club members, but... Um, he's done all right. You know, there's uh, plenty of blokes who've got a... Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Brown leather would trade it in for that one flag anyway. They certainly are. On to uh, the... Oh, actually, one more point before yeah. we go. Um, Goldstein, he's had some spuds he's been against in the last month. In this match, I thought Lewenberger and um, uh, Martin actually played him pretty well. Martin especially, I thought, uh, was stronger than him and was able to really hold him off around the ground. Yep. When was the last time you saw uh, North Melbourne not win the hitouts? Yeah, it'd be a while. Be a while. But uh, I thought they they really did hold Goldstein very accountable. And look, they their rovers weren't able to collect the ball as much, but uh, they definitely had him uh, in a lot more trouble than he has for probably the last six weeks. We've got two decent ruckmen. We, we've said before that Lewenberg has always had these big raps about him. I've never seen it come to fruition, to be honest. But um, Stefan Martin's had uh, a bit of a breakout year, and he's a massive unit. Mm. So it's good to see that they, they had a plan um, to stop you know, the most dominant part of North Melbourne's game. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'd say, yeah, they'd probably um, get a tick for that one. When you know, They didn't have many other winners uh, on, the, on the ground on the day, so... You've got to take what you can get. Yeah, no, that was that was their best part. And look, Martin has absolutely had a, a brilliant run in a shit side. Yeah, he's done he's done his uh, his chances for new contracts. No, no harm. Um, and I think he's gone into the number one role um, there at uh, at the Lions. And Lewenberger might be looking for a, a game somewhere else next year if they want to give him up while he's still got some currency. Mm. Um, onto the big one at Etihad on Sunday: the Bulldogs and Collingwood. Um, Collingwood having, what's this, their fifth honourable loss in a row. Um, I don't think anyone really expected them to play finals this year. But, um, look, they still, they've played well in five losses. Mm. But you would have liked to see them sneak over the line for one or two. Well, objectively, this is not 
a season they're talking about. They're, they're talking about next season, season after. It's a building season. Yeah, their window would start uh, probably not next year, 2017. Yep, that's fair. Um, but having said that, if you can get success on the way, geez, you'll take it. There's plenty of teams who thought they were rebuilding and all of a sudden thought, hang on, we're a chance here. Um, it was good for them that uh, if Cloak's out, um, somebody else needs to stand up. And they had a first year in Darcy Moore kick five. Five uh, lazy ones. Five lazy ones, not a bad effort at all. Um, he, he didn't have uh, all that many opportunities, but he showed he, he knows where to run. Um, he's got a great judge uh, with a ball in flight. Mm. Um, and it looked like he was he was ready to put in the hard yards, uh, which something I, I wasn't convinced um, watching his TAC. Uh, was it TAC? Anyway, his draft videos and stuff like that. I thought he likes it a little bit easy. Um, but uh, it looks like he has knuckled down and um, mm. really uh, accepted the AFL system, um, and he's he's not playing pretty at all. Um, it, it was, uh, I think, a great sign of the future. Well, yeah, there's a point that you brushed over in knowing where to run. Like yeah. it's it's something that you you can toss out easy, but it's it's also something that's actually so damn rare because yeah. you look at guys like Casbolt, brilliant contested mark. He has no idea where he's supposed to run, and mind you, he has no idea where the ball's fucking coming from either. But um, not necessarily his fault. No. It, <laughs> but uh, if he runs to an open space rather than where there's three other players, you know, it's much less uh, attractive football to see a bloke take a mark on his own, but it's much more efficient football. And that's where I thought Moore showed wisdom beyond his years in that, oh, no, they're running towards me. I'm going to run diagonally and then run back into the open space. And figure out where the space is, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's a skill that seems rarer than it should be. Yeah, uh, it's good to see that you know those um, natural footballer type of skills mm. um, is coming back to to the uh, the front. It does seem that it's circling around. Like before, they were just getting basketballers turning into footballers, and now it's uh, athletes into footballers. Yeah, now we're moving around to saying, "Hang on, knowing where to run is probably more in, more effective than having to sprint like a hundred meter sprinter to get there." You know what? Being able to hit a target on the run from forty is uh, not a bad skill to have. No. Um, look, I thought the doggies showed a lot um, in, in this game that this isn't just a fluke season for them. Um, well, they got 10 wins now. They need, what, really two? Um, maybe three more wins, and that, that's finals. Um, so three wins from their last six games. Yeah, it's very doable for them. Oh, jeez, imagine a, a Richmond-Western Bulldogs final. Oh, it's, it won't be a dry eye in the house with, with those two running around. But, um, it won't be a cold pie either. They'll sell them. <laughs> Um, uh, the other thing with the Bulldogs I want to bring up was uh, Jack Redpath, um, somebody that I've mentioned a few times. Um, there was one contest he pulled out of um, that the commentators highlighted a lot. But I thought besides that, he had a, a great amount of endeavour on the day. Kicking could be a little bit better, um, but he played a, a really good game in the VFL Grand Final last year. And I've wanted to see him um, come up and fill that key forward role that the Bulldogs have been desperate for. Um, and I thought he, he's showing that he is getting better at it, and he's um, still on the fringe at the Bulldogs, but he looked like he might go into that next stage and be uh, a best 22 type of player. Well, he's open. Cause it, there's a lot of young lads that I really like seeing play at the Bulldogs. Isn't there? Uh, they've like Everyone talks about Collingwood's future. The Bulldogs are just as bright. Just as bright, they're sitting sixth. I know, right? And they've their window isn't open yet. This, this is still a building season for them. Yeah. So, look, Western Bulldogs. If you're a Western Bulldogs fan, it's going to look bright for the next few years until 2020. You're going to have a damn good side. Um, 
Bob Murphy, we've said it time and time again, um, moving the captains and onto him has been um, just a, a fantastic decision for them. It's um, like a power-up. Uh, yeah, or almost forced decision onto him, but he's been the best person to take it on for him. Um, he'll run around again next year and maybe even the year after. There's still a lot of speed in those legs. Well, he's not taking the captaincy off him, off him are you? Yeah, no. <laughs> he's loving it. They're, they're going to hold on until probably Mitch Wallace um, is ready for it, mm. um, I, I think, um, or maybe even Bontepelli, but... Um, I think you just want Bontepelli to ease into his AFL role rather than throw the captaincy on him too early. No, I've turned off the Bont. He's going to cost me the Brownlow money. <laughs> I don't think he's going to get there. Nah, struggling. Um, but yeah, there was still some really good young lads on both sides going around. Uh, Greenwood was disappointing for Collingwood, I thought. Uh, you liked seeing it, though, as a North Melbourne supporter? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So, he, and you know, it's funny how players can leave your club and you think, well, you know, they got squeezed out. It's just one of those things. Um, but I don't know. For some reason, I just, I just turned on Greenwood as soon as he went and, uh, Ben Jacobs came along and they were kind of like, Levi who? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And then he got injured and no, I didn't really feel bad. Didn't feel bad at all. Um, speaking of feeling bad, we'll move on to Melbourne versus St Kilda. Um, there was an article during the week, uh, somebody interviewed Jack Watts. Um, about all the criticism that he's had come his way, and he's sort of asked, you know, was it really necessary, that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't mind it that he was you know, taking it front on and said, yeah, it's come there, but fuck, do you really have to? Um, <laughs> it's good to show something that, you know, um, that he he notices it and it does affect him and that he wants to go past it. Mm. Um, but the best thing was he said he's never lost his love for footy. Um, and I know it sounds silly, but that would go a long way. Mm, absolutely. Um, if you're really enjoying what you're doing and, uh, you know, enjoy going to the training and, and all that kind of stuff, um, it means that you're not going to be lost to the game and you'll put in that extra effort to get the most out of yourself. Mm. Um, it, when it becomes a hard slog, uh, especially at a club that hasn't had much success, um, you know, he's probably only played in, uh, what, 20% of wins or, or 30% of uh, games that have been wins so far, so... Well, he still needs the uh, cheat sheet when he's doing the victory song. Yeah, it'd be, it wouldn't be uh, Robinson Crusoe down at Melbourne with that. Um, but on the field, uh, look, not really much to talk about uh, for, for the Demons. It wasn't a big day out for them. Um, and, and the Saints uh, did enough. Um, I think it showed a mature effort from the Saints that uh, they did enough to put away a side that wasn't in the, at their best. No, they, they absolutely smashed them in... Well, pretty much every stat when you look at it. But, um, look, I, I just think the the Saints, as a rebuilding side, are probably a little bit ahead of Melbourne. Yeah, absolutely. Um, They've done it well. Um, absolutely loading up on draft picks, and mm. most of them come out as winners. And look, they'll probably uh, do another bit of draft pick haulage uh, at the end of the season. Um, and you'd have to say history will probably show they'll pick better than Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> Pick better than Melbourne or develop better, it doesn't matter. It ends up the same. Yeah, they'll end up with better people on there. Um, look, I'd, I would say Melbourne weren't without their winners. Um, Hogan, again, looks pretty good around there, but he just goes missing. He goes missing for long periods. Um, there were a few whispers last week. After you know, he, had, he had a brilliant game last week um, that he could be a smoky for the rising star. I don't think he's played mm. enough games. Um he does have sort of two weeks in, two weeks out, um, which I think is good for his development, um, but not good enough to win a NAB Rising Star. Mm. What, uh, uh, 
Oh, keep going. Yeah, I was going to say, the, the biggest thing for uh, Melbourne this year has been um, uh, Jack Viney's come back to form. Mm. Um, and uh, Bernie Vince is taking a bit of the load off uh, Nathan Jones. Yeah, you, I, I thought Gorn too. He's had a, a good spot of form. Oh, ever since the Geelong game. Mm. He came from nowhere in that one. Um, and it's good to see that while he hasn't played to that exact level again, he hasn't fallen that far from it. No, he's building gradually, which um, when I look at uh, Dawes, I, I'm, I've been uh, unimpressed. I don't see a place for him. No. Um, it, it was a silly pickup, I, I think. You know, for what he does on the field, it was a silly pickup. Maybe he gives more experience off it and more leadership. I don't know. But he's he was gone when he was at Collingwood. Um, yeah, you, you see it so often, though. Players who are just they're trying to get that one more one more run through, and they think, "Oh, I'm still good," but the the body's not there, and neither is the will for it, a lot of cases. The, the, I don't know if the talent was there. Um, it would not surprise me at all if Chris Dawes ends up an excellent coach one day. Yeah, um, yeah, but, I can see that. But at the moment, um, he's not in Melbourne's best twenty-two, in my opinion. No, I, I don't think he's either. Um, on to the final game of the round um, over at. Uh, what do they call it? The main stadium? Fucking Subi. Subi Akko. Uh, look, I thought West Coast were going to win this game from the get-go. Then when you heard that Franklin was a laid out, uh, you just went, well, it's going to be a flogging. To be honest, surprise, it was only 52 points. Well, yeah. Um, you know, they, they had to get through Boogate as well, oh. again. Yeah. Um, and look, honestly, I, to me, it's a whole bunch of shit anyway. You can boo a bloke. It doesn't mean it's racist. No other Aboriginal bloke was getting booed. Sometimes people just think you're a yeah. dickhead. The, now, there was something that it was brought up before. Um, when he's getting booed, it doesn't mean that it is racist, but it, there is some of it. It's not all of it's not racism, but there is an element of racism to it. There has to be. But now it's got to the point where there's been so much focus on it that it's almost become, I don't know, not mob mentality, but um, part of the match day experience. That's what it's become. Um, and not by anybody's want. Well, you know, that's what it is. The worst thing they did, uh, Gil McLaughlin comes out and says, well, we don't want people to boo goods. Oh. Now, Australia has a long history since, well, since Australia's been called Australia anyway, of uh, flaunting authority. So when you've got, you know, a bookish uh, administrative official saying, well, this is what we don't want you to do, or we can't stop you, but we don't want you to do it, the, I will guarantee fucking tell you, he'll get booed till people have sore throats this weekend. Uh, it's it was never going to work. It's like, oh, please don't boo him, please. Have never going to work. Have they met the footy public? I don't know why they do that. They should have either um, just ignored it or gone absolutely over heavy-handed on it, um, which would have been silly as well. But look, going there, oh, please, it, it's just stupid. What I did like was um, uh, Jetta's war dance, although I yeah. thought it was too understated. When Goods did it, he ran 25 metres. That was lazy, <laughs> Jetta. He ran two metres only. It just proves how lazy he is. But did you hear them all booing Jetta? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I didn't. Um, but honestly, I, I don't really give a shit if they do the war dance or not. But yeah, the, fact, the fact he did it to support his mate, I'm all aboard on that. If they really want to stop it, um, they play Adelaide next week. What they need is Eddie Betts to do the war dance or Charlie Cameron to do the war dance. One of the Indigenous players from the opposition sides, they can stop it. They're the only people that can stop it if they start showing support for goods on the field. And I think that'll be a really great thing. If Betts or um, Charlie Cameron does it, they're automatically going to become one of the favourite players in all the AFL. 
Um, it's it's just going to happen that easy. They're the only ones that can stop it. Well, it could be funny. I mean, ooh, who could stand up? Or just name two players. They could. Well, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I, mean, I was trying to think who would be closest to goods that's not at Sydney. Um, Rioli? Yeah, yeah. I could see that. Um, but he doesn't seem to be somebody that you know wants to um, put the, himself in the limelight for something like that. Motlop? Um, Motlop could, yep. It'd be fantastic if uh, Motlop did it. Or they can just do it like the Kiwis and line it all up at the start of the match and they can all go nuts. Or, I know he's not Aboriginal, but Nick Nat, um, if you're over in um, WA, there's literally nobody bigger on that side. (laughs) Um, Yeah, look, that's the only way I can see it stopping is if opposition players, and some of them come out and said they're sick of it, if they did the war dance as a sign of solidarity, you'll find that the crowd at that game will stop. And then next week, uh, it'll be smaller, you know, the, the contingent of those boos. Um, well, it's, it's not stopping this coming week. At round 18, there will be boos aplenty at uh, SG v Adelaide and City v Adelaide, and that, that's going to be SG. Every Adelaide supporter who goes over there will be booing him. I reckon this might stop them. I reckon it's the only chance, but on to the actual game. Um, it was never going to be close, in my opinion. Um, what did uh, Eagles put on six or seven um, before uh, Sydney got on the board? Mm. Um, well, he kicked one goal six for the first half. Yeah, and then I think the, the heat went off in the second half um, when they got out. Uh, Andrew Gaff has already put his name on an All-Australian Guernsey, I think. I don't think oh, he'll be stopped. Undoubtedly. Um, and just quietly, if Fife um, slips up, he's not a bad uh, little smoky. Yeah, I reckon he'll run second or third um, the way he's going. Uh, and Pritis is backing up again. He's probably had a better year than he had last year, but won't get the same plaudits. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things. You, the expectation goes up. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think. Uh any uh, Prittis or Gaff, if either of them got the brown low, you, you could not say they didn't deserve it. No. Um, they've got uh, one more week with McGovern out, I think. Mm. Um, and then he should be back uh, the following week. But uh, that would have been a danger for them um, with uh, their main key backman out. Mm. But as soon as Franklin was a late exclusion, um, you, I think all their worries left. This um, became just another percentage um, booster for them. Well, you'd almost think that You'd want McGovern right. So if he needs an extra week, take an extra week. Because they're, they're playing finals. They can't yeah. miss out. The only problem is, um, it, it was two weeks minimum with his injury. Um, so that's this week just passed. And next week, which is Gold Coast. Week after, that's Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. And I, I guarantee they'd like him out there. Because uh, that could be the difference between top two and top four. Yeah, but oftentimes uh, a good finals campaign means you need to go into the finals campaign with... Yeah, a, a clear injury list, which ma- more than uh, anything else. Yeah, because uh, you need players on the field who are fit and healthy. Yeah. Uh, so often you see coaches having to choose between a, a legend who's not right and a young lad who is, and that's a hard choice. You, you don't want to have to be in that position. And there's not many times they go the legend and it's right. It has worked, but not always. Mm. Um, look, the other positive I thought for the Swans was the return of Isaac Heaney. Um, he didn't have much of the ball, but for a first-year player, geez, he looks comfortable at AFL level. Um, I, I, more comfortable than any other first-year player this year. Um, he, I don't think he can win the NAB Rising Star because of um, the number of games he missed with that knee injury. 
Um, but that's the only reason he can't win it. Um, otherwise, for me, he, he, he would be a clear winner. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he's uh, a great player, and he's playing like he, he's playing like he's got uh, five or six seasons under his belt. Yeah, absolutely. Looks like such a mature player. Um, but, uh, but besides that, I think there's a few of their key ball movers that were uh, a little bit missing on the day, um, which is unfortunate for uh, for the Swans. But um, look, the the season that is just rolls on for West Coast. Um, hmm. I there can't be any more questions about them. They're a genuine premiership threat. Oh. And look, I'll be honest, at the start of the season, I had them written off. I thought they'd be sitting yep. down in about 12th, 13th. Uh, yeah, I've said it before on these podcasts. I was completely fucking wrong on that one. Yep. It's going to be very hard to get them out of top two. Mm. Um, but they've answered nearly every, every question that comes out of them. Yeah, I mean, the top two will be decided next week, essentially. Um, unless Freo have a sudden drop, it'll be West Coast v Hawthorne that'll... The following week. The following week, yeah, yeah. yeah. That'll really decide who fills that top spot. Um, but having said that, Frio have only got 14 wins, uh, West Coast 13, Hawthorne 12. We could very likely see all three end up on thirteen uh, on equal wins and it'll be decided on percentage, in which case it, Hawthorne and West Coast are through. Isn't it amazing that West Coast percentage of 158 could actually be the problem? <laughs> <laughs> the, if the Hawthorne percentage of 170 is just ridiculous. And like we said, they've still got a game against Brisbane and a game against Carlton left. Um, mm, and they've got the Suns this week. Uh, yeah, I was talking about Hawthorne, but oh. that's all right. West Coast have got a game against Hawthorne to go and a game against Fremantle to go, mm. um, which Hawthorne have a similar draw. They've also got one game against Fremantle and one game against West Coast left, um, both with the, the long journey over West. So it's going to be very interesting um, fighting for that last spot because if you've got two WA teams up top, it's going to be a lot of finals over at Subi. Yeah, you don't want to take that trip if you can help it. No, not many people come home um, happy after that one. So, that moves us on to uh, look a quick look at uh, round 18. Yeah, and finally we get a Friday night match that looks like it could be worth watching. Jeez, I hope so. Um, Hawks versus the Tigers, it's not a rollover. Um, no. I think that uh, Richmond will be smarting after last week, letting one slip last week, and they're going to come out firing. They're going to be prepared for unsociable football, um, and they got the guys that can do it. And I think they might get under the Hawks' skin a little bit, but... You can't tip against Hawthorne the way they're going at the minute. Well, that's the point I was going to make. Uh, Hawthorne, you know, every time they win, this unsociable football tag gets brought up, whatever. Um, if if they want to make it about that, I think Dustin Martin's game will suffer. Yep. But I think there could be a few Hawks that end up a little bit sore than they anticipate because uh, as talented as he is and as much of a loose cannon as he can be, he can still do some damage, Dustin Martin. Absolutely, you can. Um, um the, the other thing I would say about this one is um, Hawthorne are now the shortest priced favourites for the Premiership ever at this stage. Hmm. The only thing I'd say about that is Geelong 2008. Yep. I think they should have been even shorter priced than what the Hawks are, and they didn't get it done in September. Um, they didn't walk away with the Premiership, so it's not over yet. Not by a long shot. Um, on to game number two, Geelong versus the Brisbane Lions down at Geelong. That game will be won by Geelong. Yep. And look, uh, if you're a Brisbane supporter, uh, bring your boots. Uh, you might get a roll. Might get a game. John O'Brien might get a, another run out there. Who knows? I'll tell you what, I'd, I'd watch that. That'd, that would make me watch it more than uh, what Brisbane are going to turn up and do. I hope I hope at least um, Geelong can put on something um, because it was an ordinary win against GWS if there's such a thing. But anyway, that game could be very unwatchable if, if otherwise. Uh, Collingwood versus Melbourne. 
two teams that really need a win here uh, to show that they've learned something this year. Um, too many honourable losses in a row for Collingwood. I reckon they'll finally get it all together and get one over the line against Melbourne. Yeah, I, I honestly can't see Melbourne competing with Collingwood. Uh, Sydney will host Adelaide. Um, should be some big ins for Sydney. Um, Teddy Richards comes back after a week off. Uh, he got suspended for a week so his brother could make his debut, which I thought was a great sacrifice. <laughs> um, he'll line up on uh, Walker. Uh, Franklin will be back. 100% no doubt in that. And uh, Tibbet's still out for a, a few more weeks. So that's three good things for Sydney. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, I'm actually on Adelaide for this one because I think they showed a lot more hunger than oh, uh, they Sydney played, did. They played well last week. Don't get don't get me wrong. Uh, and Sydney have been below par for a few weeks, but it's got to reverse. They're a good side. It has to reverse eventually. Well, this has happened how many years in a row? Sydney sort of seemed to limp into September, and but they hit it with a, a clear injury sheet, and all of a sudden they're fucking smashing people. Yeah. They time their runs very well. They do. They they play to play a grand final. They don't play to, you know, win three matches that don't matter. Carlton hosting North at Etihad Stadium. Oh, there, there could be a crowd in the dozens at this one. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm as much a well. I think I've got about thirty uh, percent of North memberships. Um, I I want to say I'll turn up to the match, but honestly, Carlton aren't going to show anything. Um, yeah, jeez. I've got to see if I've got something else on that night. I've got to have an excuse not to go, surely. Uh, Gold Coast hosting West Coast. Jesus Christ, that's too fucking hard to watch games on Saturday night. If only I had a life to go do something else. I've got to watch one of those pieces of shit. <laughs> oh, look, I, on, honestly, the Suns versus West Coast are probably a bit more interesting. Just West- because the Suns have an interesting midfield. Uh, Carlton don't. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, West Coast need, <laughs> like we said, Need the percentage, though they might turn it on for this one up at uh, Metricon. Anyway, fuck me. Or they might send over their B-side and just rest and not have the long flight. Who knows? Do you know if there's any more soccer on Saturday night this week? Um, Oh, down at the park, I think. Yeah. Anyway, Port Adelaide hosting St Kilda. Um, If Port Adelaide have any hope of playing finals, and it is only a very small one, they need this win, and they need a win well. Well, this is about where uh, Richmond supporters normally talk about mathematically possible, except, <laughs> except now it's mathematically possible to, for them to miss. So uh, they're, they're hopes on the other side of the coin. But um, if you're a Port supporter, this just hasn't been your fucking year. No, it's been a shocker for them. Um, I had them as the darkie for the premiership, and uh, I was wrong on that too. So if you listen to this for expert commentary, you fucking don't bother I, listening to me. I got eight out of nine uh, in my tips this week, and that's about the closest my tips have been. Um, all year but um, yeah my pre-season predictions are pretty shit too Uh, however St Kilda um, not going to play finals this year Um, but even in their losses they've shown something I mean they've only got six wins that's probably Mm. about all I would have thought they would have got this year but they've they've shown something Um, they'd be really happy with their six wins um, and really happy with probably their efforts in six or seven of those losses as well it's been a good year for them, despite not troubling the finals. Well, yeah. Um, Port, not so good a year, and uh, I think it's going to get a little worse. Are you reckon the Saints get up over there? I reckon the Saints could. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. I, I think Port are starting to come together, um, and they'll uh, they'll six or seven goals this one. Hmm. Uh, Etihad Stadium on the Sunday, Essendon versus the Bulldogs. It should be a, a, a cracker. See, I was about to say that too. I think this one will be worth watching because Essendon have to respond now. Um, I think 
around this time is where Herd needs to be showing results on the field. Um, you know, they, they've stuck with him for so long. Yep. That's fine. Any other coach at any other club at this stage of their coaching career would be on the chopping block. Absolutely. And look, I'm, I'm not saying Herd isn't a good coach, but he hasn't had uh, an apprenticeship. He's been thrust in the role. He ousted a bloke who had an apprenticeship and eventually have to deliver. And he's not. He hasn't delivered this year. Um, no. If they lose this one, uh, I think it's... Uh, yeah. What, what more can we say about it? But the Bulldogs, sitting sixth, they're going to want this one. They really what, need this one. If at the start of the year you'd said Buckley is a shoe-in for next year and Hurd's not, oh, you would have got decent odds on that one. Yeah, and neither of them playing finals, which is, which is funny. <laughs> Look, uh, if Bulldogs win, that's 11 wins. One more and they're guaranteed finals. So it, it's a big game for them, and I think they, they're going to do it. See, I'm, I'm on the Bulldogs as well, but I think it'll be an entertaining game because uh, I think there'll be a lot of decent run. Especially after last week with both these sides. Um, show they can play some entertaining footy. So hopefully... Um, yeah, th- this could be um, probably match of the round. Yeah, as long most as most watchable match of the as round. As long as the umpires let them. Yeah, well, they guarantee they will after <laughs> last weekend, the shocker that it was. Mm. Um, and finally, Frio hosting GWS. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if GWS will score in that game. Oh, look, I, th- I think GWS will have their chances. Um, chances of what? The toss? Well, you know, the bus might roll over or some shit, I don't know. Um, Whatever, chances in the ruck. No, they're fucked there. Um, but Sandlins has shown that he doesn't necessarily hit to his own players. <laughs> so, look, if um, if somehow the GWS midfield manages to body out probably one of the, <laughs> the best players in the league, then maybe they're a chance. I don't know. Look, GWS have got a couple of smartasses on their team. They might niggle Fife and get him reported. Um, that would be about the only interesting thing to watch in this game because I think they're gonna, it's going to absolutely pump them. Well, I think Ballantyne's out and um, Crowley's not back yet, so... Uh, maybe they need to stock up on smart asses. I don't know. Well, uh, maybe um, GWS can uh, audition themselves yeah, you know, well, for the maybe, vacant posse over at Freo. Maybe they can mic up a few and award Sledge of the Day or some shit. That could be interesting. Yeah, it could be interesting. Apparently, they're not bad on the lip, but to the GWS boys, the, the impetuous youth that they are. Well, there you go. That'll be that, there. You go. Tune in and uh, listen very, very closely, and you might hear some interesting banter. All right, that'll do us for this week. Um, thanks for listening again. Like we said, every Tuesday we'll wrap up the round, so we'll uh, catch you next one. Yeah, good luck. See you next Tuesday.